Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hi, welcome to Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist and family therapist, and every single week I answer one of your real life questions. I try and offer you some of my psychological understandings and also some ideas to guide you and your child. This isn't therapy, but it is a space where we might think together about new perspectives and ideas. And before we begin, I like to do a little check-in. It's just a way of refocusing your mind and your body to the here and now so that we can spend this time together thinking about things in different ways. So today I'm going to ask you to do something that is based on how I'm feeling, which is to focus on your feet. Whether you're sitting, standing, walking, even driving, can you just notice how your feet are right now? Does it feel like you need to wiggle your toes? Does it feel like they need a little stretch and a little bend perhaps? If you're driving, this might be more difficult, but just notice. Our feet carry us every single day. They carry the weight of us. They move us from A to B. And really, sometimes we need to just say, thank you feet for taking me places and I don't even think about it. So that's just a tiny little exercise to move you to here and now and to help you shift your focus. And now we can begin. question is on play and I think it's something that's going to really resonate with so many parents. Hello Dr. Marta, um, I have a question for you. Um, my child wants to play with me pretty much all day long and I don't really know how to manage that. He cries and gets very upset when I'm not playing with him um, and to be honest with you I'm not sure I'm very good at that sort of play, I don't really like it very much and it makes me feel like I'm a crap parent. Would love your advice, thank you. Okay, hands up, nod of the head, whose child is the same? I've got a three and a half year old and she is always wanting to play with me and it's exhausting and never ending. And the thing I really want to say here, first of all, is this is great because it shows that your child is developing well. So this is good news. If your child enjoys play, it's a really good sign. If your child doesn't enjoy play as much, don't worry, okay? Don't feel like, oh no, there's something wrong with my child. They're not that playful. That's okay. Kids have different kind of needs and levels of interest in play. But I think it's very, very, very common and developmentally appropriate for children, you know, I mean, I was going to say forever because play is actually a very important um, source for adults too, for joy, for relaxation, for expression, but particularly for children, like little ones up to around the age of eight are really into things like role play and imaginary fantastical play. And it's really um, important to notice 
when they're asking you to join in with them. And if it feels like it's all day, it probably is because they want you all day to be with them. But there's a few things I'm gonna talk about here to give you an understanding of what a child means when they ask you to play with them. And of course, that you're not a crap parent. If you really struggle to play with your child, I think you're a very normal parent. I've never really met a parent who adores playing with their child nonstop every day, all the time. It's exhausting and it's also very effortful for us as adults because our brains are mature and our brains have adapted to lose some of the wonder of imaginative play that children up to the age of around eight are completely immersed in. So children have brains which are a little bit like in a dream-like state until the age of eight. Reality and fantasy merge. And it's, I mean, it's a wondrous place if you imagine it. You know, like fantastical things are real. It can also be a frightening place for the same reason, but that's on another topic. And as adults, we've lost that ability, okay? It's actually effortful for us to suspend our reality and dive into imagination. Of course, there are individual differences. Some adults are really creative and do this kind of naturally and effortlessly. But I would say for the majority of adults, playing with children is hard. It's like hard, effortful work. So I don't want to dismiss that because it's true. And it also happens to me. You know, I'm a parent of a little one and sometimes my brain and my body are just not in a place where they're receptive to play. So I'm gonna give you some ideas for you and for your child when you're in that place where you don't want to play. And I'm also gonna give you some suggestions of what might make play easier. If what it is, is just, feels like consciously effortful and hard and just simply not enjoyable because that's really important. Our children feel how we're feeling, okay? So when we embody a sense of playfulness and silliness and like, yes, I'm enjoying this with you, they get it. It's not about playing perfect. It's about the feeling that you bring to that situation. And if what you're doing is playing with your child whilst thinking of all the chores you've got to do and thinking this is really boring, I don't wanna do this, your child will feel it. So I'm gonna give you some strategies on that as well because I think that's really important. But let's begin at the beginning. What does it mean when kids say, play with me? And for me, like most things, it's a communication and it can be come and play with me. It's really good fun and it can mean something different because children actually express themselves through play. They communicate their emotions. They try and communicate um, what's happening in their lives through play and they process events. So often when they're saying, come and play with me, there is a much deeper communication happening here. It might be something like, I feel overwhelmed. Playing with you makes me feel really safe. So if your child has had a tricky day or a tricky week, or they're just feeling a little bit wobbly, they might be asking you to play to bring back a sense of safety to them. Play can also mean, I'm really confused about something that happened to me and I need to play it out so you can help me understand what it means. Can we make sense of something through play? Yes, always. So I use play and particularly role play in so many situations, therapeutically and also with my child. 
just for preparation, whether it be to take medication or go to a hospital or things like going to the dentist, excellent things to role play with your child. And what you may sometimes witness is that when your child has gone through a tricky event and it doesn't have to be massive, it could be that's, you know, a child at nursery or at school has taken something from them, snatched something from them, or that something's happened and it's confused them. They will want to play this out and you might witness them doing it by themselves and they may invite you into their game. So I'll give you a real life example and it's so small, but recently our daughter's been asking us to play the game of dropping off at nursery, but we're the nursery staff and she comes and she drops off her dolly. And every time she will ask how dolly has been. And we will respond the way that, you know, one of the carers or the teachers would have done. And she's clearly processing something. She's also aware that she's moving to preschool in September. And so for me, this is her way of navigating a change that is coming up and navigating this experience that she has of being dropped off at the door and being taken away. And what does it feel like to be me, the parent, to walk away leaving her, because that's what she's playing out here, leaving Dolly in my arms, and she's the one that says bye-bye and blows her kisses. Right, so this is her favorite game at the moment, and it's really important to her that we role play real life scenarios over and over again. And I use it as an opportunity to play out things slightly differently. So sometimes I will say, actually she cried today or she was a bit upset and make it okay that she was upset and was able to talk to one of the teachers or she ate tons today or she didn't eat anything. And I try and gauge what my daughter's response is. Does she say something similar to what I say? Does she say something different? This is all about practicing social interaction and practicing emotion, okay? And this is so helpful to children. So play can also be, can we practice something or can we make sense of something difficult? Another communication for play can be connection. And this is one of the strongest ones and most common ones. Often what kids are saying when they say, can we play together? Will you play with me? Is, can we feel close? Play is a way that children feel really connected. They feel seen and heard and understood. And what they want is just to spend some precious moments with you. This is no different to an adult picking up the phone, wanting to chat with a friend or a close family member just to say hello. It's connection, it's interaction. But children don't sit on a sofa or on a chair and have a chit chat. And even if they are able to, like around the age of six and upwards, it's through play that they feel the most connected. And finally, a really important one, play is fun. So sometimes what children want is to have fun with you. They wanna laugh, which is also a form of emotional regulation. It's a release, a really positive one, where there is joy in your interaction, where there's silliness and giggling. And sometimes when we're having tricky weeks or a tricky day, it might be that there isn't a lot of laughter and joy in our homes, and this is very normal. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, but it can mean that your child is seeking this out. It's like a bid 
for fun. They're saying, can you and I just stop the mundane every day and have some fun together? Because my body needs this or my arms and hands need this, you know, spin me round, throw me about. They're looking for something really connecting with you and really enjoyable with you. Okay, so play is a really important medium for communication in children. So now you've got a little sense of that. Be curious next time your child is badgering you to play all day. What are they trying to say? I've not had enough of you. I don't, I've got something to process. I don't get something. Or maybe it's just, I need some fun. And how do you engage with that? Okay, so the first thing I'm going to suggest is in order for you to not feel completely overwhelmed with your child's play, you're gonna have to set some boundaries for you and for your child. And if you're able to make these predictable, it helps them a lot. The younger they are, the more predictability around play and kind of time for structured and unstructured play, the more helpful it is. What I mean by that is, the younger that your child is, the more they need to play because it's the medium for communicating, it's also medium for learning. And if you're able to set it in like chunks of predictable time, like time when you play with them and time when you don't, they learn that even though in this moment you're not playing with them, that time is going to come. So it can really help to like embed this into your day. Now it doesn't mean that you have to play with them for hours and hours on end, absolutely not. It can mean 15 or 20 minutes of really focused play. What do I mean by that? I mean, no phones. I mean, try and avoid other interactions with others in your home, you know, other adults. Just kind of protect the time. You don't have to do this every day, this kind of really protected focus play, but it can be really helpful for kids. And particularly if you notice that it's like nonstop, do consider doing this because it's going to help wean off the intensity of your need to play with them. So it's 20 minutes with no phones where you're just fully dedicated to whatever is happening in play with your child. And finally, the real key bit, the bit that for me was a real, um, I don't know, like life changer, just for me as a mother personally, but also in my work with children. Play doesn't mean that you have to direct it, okay? You know, I hear that all the time, like in this question, I'm not very good at play. You don't have to be. You don't have to be good at it. Actually, the best kind of play that children do is completely self-led, self-directed. It is not you creating a story of something, you know, over the top, like, okay, let's play planes. So I'll be the pilot and here are some cushions and let's put the teddies in a row. It doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that you know what the play is about. The way that you can engage with your child in play is by being a narrator an observer, a witness to their play. That doesn't mean that you just sit back and you watch. It means that you interact by noticing and naming what you see your child do. This is incredibly powerful with really little ones. So you don't have to direct what they do, just notice. This offers them so much validation that how they're playing is right And it gives you that kind of stepped back approach. You're there, you're witnessing, you're engaging, but you're not directing anything. So it might sound like, oh, so what's happening here? You've lined up all your teddies. Oh, it's a classroom. 
How great. And are you the teacher? Oh, nice. Where do you want me to go? Am I in the classroom? What should I do? Where do you want to put me? Let your child direct you. They might ask you to speak or to take a role. Like I said before, I'm, you know, the teacher in my daughter's role play at the moment. So I have to open the door and say something. So yes, of course, that's led by me. But she's directing me, okay? She's the one saying, this is the game we're playing and this is what I want you to do. And when we... Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Do this. It offers children a real sense of kind of validation for how they're playing and it boosts their confidence in play and this is really key if what you want to do is build a child who can independently play so all children know how to play we don't need to teach them how they can do it they're curious they're explorative their brains are totally primed for play pretty much from birth so we don't need to do anything we just need to watch and support and when you witness play It also means you don't have to wait to be invited. If your child is playing really, really nicely, let them be. But at some point, if they've been playing for like 10, 15 minutes, go and notice something that they're doing. You know, drop a little seed of, I see what you're doing and I think it's amazing. How creative, how lovely, how, you know, curious what you're doing here. Open up the conversation about their play while they're playing and you will see that that just boosts them to do a little bit more. So don't feel like it's your duty to learn how to play imaginatively or creatively with your kid. You don't have to do that. Let them lead you and you can learn through them and that is enough. Just your presence in that moment can be completely, completely enough. Now, if you're going to be doing this, you really need to set some boundaries. And I think lots of people confuse boundaries with limits. Okay, boundaries are things that you're gonna clearly communicate you will not tolerate or you will tolerate. And you are in control of the boundary, not your child. What I mean by that, it's not about saying you need to play by yourself. It's about saying what you're going to be doing as a parent or as an adult. So it might sound more like, I can't play right now. I have to do the washing. When I'm finished, I will come. It is not about saying, you need to play on your own because I need to go and do the washing. Children don't 
necessarily want to play on their own, particularly when they're little. And we need to understand this from the perspective of development, not just with their brains and their bodies, but social development. Little ones are not supposed to be by themselves. It is not biologically safe. And, you know, our bodies and our brains, they're primed for survival. So actually, they're not supposed to be left alone. And that's the difference, okay? It is not about saying, I want you to be on your own. It's about saying, I want you to play by yourself. That is very different. So one of the ways that you can set these kinds of boundaries is by one, naming when and you when you won't be engaging with your child and offering your child an opportunity or some kind of creative idea so that they can be around you and play by themselves while you're doing something different. So what does that look like in practice? I mean, I still do this now and my child is three and a half. It looks like saying, I can't play because I need to go and make dinner. But you can come if you like. And what that might look like is that you set some everyday utensils in a corner of the kitchen that feels safe, but you're in the same space and you let them figure out what they want to do with it. Often they'll bang or they'll put things in out of a box repeatedly. That's play for little ones. Between the age of like, you know, 18 months and two and a half, that's play. And you can carry on cooking. And every now and again, you can like watch them, keep an eye on them. If they're a little bit older and you feel safe to do so, get them involved in some of the cooking. So my daughter does things like stirs and mixes things, even if they don't really need mixing. It doesn't matter. She'll stir them like in a salad bowl or she'll help dollop things out with a big spoon um, or she'll help me wash the vegetables or I will chop and she will put the chopped bits of vegetable and other things into bowls. It helps because they're interacting and they're engaging and to children, this is play. This is not cooking. They see this as fun and it's great. It opens up their familiarity to things like food or other elements of your home. I also always invite my child when I do the laundry, even when she was tiny. And maybe, you know, it's about expectations and letting go of those a little bit. But for me, it was easier to say, I'm gonna hang up some clothes and you can help me. And I would let her hang up her own baby grows. Of course, they went all over the place and I then then had to rehang them. But it didn't really matter. What mattered was that we were doing a task together. I was getting the chore that I needed to do and she was feeling like she was a part of it. And it was fun to her. And, you know, it's really nice for children to see us being and doing things and them feeling a part of it. To them, it's playful and you can make it more creative and more fun, depending on who you are, or you can just keep it straightforward. And kids often will just follow. And another boundary that I really want adults to think about um, more consciously is that when you're playing with your child, if you're bored, if you're not enjoying it, stop, okay? Don't keep going. Instead, name this for your child. As I said right at the beginning, your child will feel it. You do not have to persist doing something that makes you feel bad or that you feel bored. We as adults, the same as a children, have the right to express our feelings. And as an adult, you can do that in a way that's empathic towards your child. This both helps them know that your relationship is open and honest, which is really key 
and it teaches them skills of how to communicate to others when things don't feel good to them. This is really important. It is totally okay to say to somebody, I'm not enjoying this. It isn't rude, it isn't selfish, it isn't mean. If the way that you're saying it shows that what you wanna do is still be with that person, but you don't wanna be doing this thing. We have the right to express our needs and our children can have the opportunity to learn that it's okay to do so. So whilst playing with your child, it might sound like, oh, you know what? We've played this game a lot and I'm feeling a little bit bored. Is there something we could do that might be a bit fun and a bit different? What do you think? What else could we do? And guess what? It's okay if your child gets disappointed or they get annoyed because they want to do it more. You can stay with your boundary of, I don't want to do this anymore and I'm really sorry. You love this game. We can play this tomorrow. No more today, okay? And if your child breaks out into protest or crying, do the basics of what it means to regulate with your child, which is stay calm, stay quiet, let it pass. Remember that feelings come and go. And it's okay for your child to not like that you want to stop playing. And it is okay for you to stop playing. Those two things can be true and they can coexist in your relationship. And finally, see play, particularly that signal that tells you, I don't like doing this, or I feel crap playing, or I'm just not good at playing. See that as an important communication for you. If you're an adult who finds play difficult, I want you to stop and think. Where do you find your playfulness? What do you find enjoyable? Just think. What happens in your day that you think this is fun? I really like doing this. What is fun, playful, brings you joy? That kind of really important emotion that we often forget. What brings you joy? I want you to really explore that for yourself. And of course, it's unique to every single person. And whatever brings you joy is right for you. And then I want you to think, is there a way that you can invite your child to experience this joy with you? So things that bring me joy, and I, I'm talking for myself, this is not necessarily true for you, are things like going in nature. I love being outdoors, I love nature, and I particularly love water. So I will try as much as I can to bring water and nature into activities that I do with my child. Why? because it's fun for me. And if it's fun for me, I don't mind doing it with my child. And this will be true for you too. So I love swimming and I love any kind of water play. So summer is great because we do loads of water games in the garden and I love it. And I love looking at plants and flowers. So if we're going somewhere, my ticket to the garden center, literally, just to have a little look around and we look at plants and we feel them and we learn about them together. This is playful to me. This is fun to me. So I bring my child in. Think about you. What is fun for you? Because when our children experience our joy, our fun, our pleasure, this is what brings them all those good feelings that I was talking in at the beginning about connection, about being feel, feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling like they've got time with you, precious important time with you that they really crave. And you can offer it in your way. 
So don't be limited by play that is led by your child only. Of course, it's important for their development, but it is not the only thing. Do bring them into play that is important and joyful for you. And remember that boundaries are your best friends. Name it when you're bored and open up the idea of doing something different and set boundaries of times when you're just not going to play with your child. But when you're with them, be with them. And remember, you are not a crap parent if play is difficult for you. You are a normal, everyday parent. Play the way that children do it is difficult for adults because our brains are just mature and they're different. And this is a real way for us as adults to notice that children's worlds are different from ours. And that is also why we approach and communicate and relate to children differently. And this is why it's so important to honor that. Children and adults were not the same. We are completely different in our bodies and in our development. And play is one of the times where this becomes really obvious. So I sometimes use play as an opportunity to say to parents, look, your child is not a mini adult, they're a child and you are no longer a child. So there are things that you as a parent can do way better than your child and therefore you can support them with it. And there are things that your child is learning and not understanding and is going to get wrong many, many, many times. And it's about saying that makes sense because their brain and their bodies are so different to ours that it makes sense that we kind of live in two separate worlds. And we can come together sometimes through connection, through playfulness, through wanting to do things together that bring our child joy and also, really importantly, us as well. And we're coming to an end. I like to end on a little mantra just to hold you for the rest of the day. And given the fact that we've talked about play today, I thought my mantra would be, no matter what I do or don't, I am worthy of rest today. I would love for you to join my podcast. And if you'd like to share a question, have a look at my website, drmartapsychologist.com under the podcast section, where you will get all the information you need to be a part of this with me. I also warmly invite you to join our community on Instagram. It's Dr. Marta Psychologist if you're not there already. Feel free to share this podcast and do follow and download it so that you don't miss an episode. I am so pleased to be with you every Monday and I look forward to our next chat. Until then, see you soon. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.